0: Hi there, I'm recording this intro on January the 3rd, 2019 and if you're listening as it's released then Happy New Year. I hope it's a great one for you. Thanks for coming back for episode 9 of the Gravity Digital Agency Power Up podcast. I'm Bob Gentle and each week I'm joined by small digital agency owners and solo practitioners of all different kinds just like you. In this episode I'm speaking to Alex Curtis who runs a specialist agency called Lead Engine. Lead Engine is a great example of a niche agency and shows how being that specialist can lead to rapid results. I'll let Alex tell you exactly how they specialise. So, welcome to episode 9, and let's meet Alex. Alex Curtis, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you on. Why don't we start by you just telling us a little bit about yourself, your agency, lead engine, where you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, no, thanks, well, thanks for having me on. Um, I really appreciate it. Yeah. So my name's Alex Curtis. Um, I've got a digital marketing agency in Peterborough. Uh, we specialize in generating leads for financial services uh, companies. So we do a lot of work in, uh, mortgages, insurance, finance, uh, things like that. Essentially, so we just help customers. Um, generate those inquiries and that's kind of our sort of target for them. So we do, I guess we do all the kind of the services that a normal digital marketing a- agency would do. Um, but we just are, we have targets of we need to generate so much business for our client and a lot of the time what we do, they don't really care as long as they get the results. If That kind of sums us up, I think.
0: Yeah, one of the things that was quite interesting in what you said there was leads Mm. Um, Because a lot of digital marketing agencies, they really don't focus on the outcome very much. Mm. Um, It's really the activity. And if the activity generates leads, great. Um, What led you to really focus in on the outcome? And how do you, I'm trying to think how I would express that. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? Because generating leads in themselves, that's a really tough thing to do. Yeah, so, well, your your client
1: only really cares about the outcome so it makes marketing a lot easier um they, they don't really so like things like a lot of them will, will so i guess before i did a lot of them would say like what does ppc mean what does seo a lot of them will know what seo means but all, all those terms that we use they don't really understand they don't care they care about a lot of them are finance people or if they're a mechanic they they, they care about cars how all those services that we do they just don't That's not appealing to them. If I, I, you know, I can say, look, I can generate you more business. Here's how I did it for these guys. Um, Basically, we want to send people to your site. We know that people buy from people. So if we feature you and tell uh, a little bit about you, why you do what you do, or or talk about your sales team, let them know who they're going to speak to. um, We find that it generates more business, but also um, the the leads that come through are better quality because they're bought into your your brand. Um, And I suppose with... Financial services, a lot of them buy leads, so we're sort of offering something different from that as well. That you don't, we don't sell at a cost per lead. We help them generate their own leads. So we are this, exactly the same as a digital marketing agency. We just sell it in a different way, and it's just much a much easier sell because they, you get away from that from their point of view. Like you said earlier, you'll people are selling the the service, they don't know the outcome, or well that kind of scares clients they yeah. like if I'm gonna spend money I want to know you know what kind of returns can I get um, so that's what they're interested in so it just makes it a lot easier
0: yeah one of the things that puzzles me there is being able to guarantee outcomes obviously I, I, I don't know what kind of guarantees mm-hmm. you offer none but are, are you ever <laughs> are you ever in the situation where you go oh this isn't working um, yeah, I guess you do. And then it's, it's
1: being like really open and honest and say, look, we, we, we can't make any guarantees because, um, Facebook could decide to abandon advertising tomorrow or Facebook could fall off a cliff and, uh, or, you know, LinkedIn, or there could be a ban on advertising in and, and whatever. So we don't, we make zero guarantees. We make a forecast and it is a, only a forecast and we don't tie people into long-term contracts. Say, look, if you're hiring so i so when i was freelancing I, it, my pitch was along the lines of look, i'm going to essentially be an employee for you and you're going to set me targets and sack me if i don't hit them and then yeah. just just give me a month's notice like you would another employee and we we carry that on so we can give we can do a forecast based on what we've done before but it's never look i'm i never make any guarantees
0: and i think this is uh, I- I risk getting unusually technical, which I wouldn't normally. Mm-hmm. But one of the challenges I've had, for example, with with companies like telecoms companies, is a very, very utilitarian. Um, and I think, to a large extent, people in financial services are quite utilitarian as well, mm-hmm. or utility-based services. You've either got something or you haven't got it. Yeah. Um, how do you make that compelling and interesting in order enough for people to actually bite? Oh,
1: just it doesn't need to be that interesting when it's your kind of. A lot of our ads are really simple, just saying. Um, my best performing ad is me holding up a whiteboard which says um, uh, "Financial Services Leads through your website through your brand," and yeah. that's that is enough because they're because they're like they're spending money. So we'll, some some leads they'll buy for like a hundred quid where it's been sold to three or four other people as well. They've got to be the first person to ring to get through. And um, the person on the other end of the phone doesn't know who they are. So what I'm selling is that there's going to be no competition. The person has asked you to call them back, not just a broker or a finance person. Um, So it's going to cost you less because we're not putting a margin on it you we've got a fixed fee and you're going to find it more efficient and you're going to sell more save time so it's that's compelling enough i guess for them that efficiency and cost saving and more profit so it's literally as as simple as that
0: and the lead generation process around sort of drawing in leads for the financial services companies Mm -hmm. what's do they typically look like? Because obviously it's not going to be you holding a whiteboard. Saying, no, no,
1: <laughs> no, exactly. Um, so trying to get owners or salespeople in front of a camera is ideal. People buy from people. That's the first thing we say on our website. And in fact, the yeah. reason you and I met was because of me listening to a, another podcast. Um, don't jump straight to it. Wait till we finish. Um, Chris uh, Ducker, obviously he's got a, a podcast when his whole, belief is that look, it's this P2P, P, people to people. And that was just a massive light bulb moment for me. And then I tried it with our website and just put me at the forefront. I really hate being in front of camera and I'm really unphotogenic, but I forced myself to do it. I just made a massive, massive difference. So we try and get clients to do that. If we can't, then it will be things that we know work well. So again, talking about the outcomes, using like case studies, trying to give some kind of tangible, how can we show that our client shows tangible value? Um, So we take like a mortgage, for example, um, Mr. And Mrs. Smith were paying 500 quid a month on their mortgage. We remortgage with them, save them a hundred pound a month, and they're now paying it off two years earlier. Can we do that for you? Yeah. Things like that. So showing, rather than just saying we can help you with remortgaging, showing, tangible value um, and just making it really simple and easy um i do a lot of stuff i'm really fascinated by psychology so we've we spent i spent a load of time reading books on the part of our brain there's a part of our brain called the reptilian brain which is connected to the senses so it's it decides whether your ad will be thought about essentially or recognized and it's like we there's loads of little different kind of ways and systems of talking to that part of the brain um so like using those sort of techniques we like cr- contrast so um you, you you don't need to think about it properly if you see something that's good next to something that's bad or what w- it would like be like before you work with us and what it's like after the the reptilian brain can understand that really quickly so using things like that in your ads to grab attention
0: yeah
1: and then causing
0: sh- people to act before they actually know they've acted
1: yeah exactly and then um so it's just yeah lots of lots of things like that and then obviously all the algorithm kind of playing on the algorithms of Facebook, you know, like doing a video ad gets more reach than a a photo. So adding all those things together and then we're competing against lead gen companies who sell the leads much more expensive. We're better than them. So we get it cheaper than them and we're not putting margin on. So it's, yeah, it's it's just a a much better for our, for our clients. I guess.
0: I was going to ask you about competition because Instinctively, I would think you're, you're maybe competing against generalist digital marketing companies, but actually what you're describing there is that there is an industry around lead generation for yeah. financial services, mm. and you're just offering something different into that space. Yeah, I guess so.
1: I mean, I guess a normal digital marketing company would be competition um, for us, but... <sighs> I don't, to, I don't want to come across as big head do not. I don't see it that way because I, the reason we niche down is like, if I, if I was buying anything, if I wanted to buy um, a BMW, I'd go to the BMW specialist garage rather than a guy that sold all cars. Or, no, let's say my BMW is broken down. I'd rather go to the BMW garage to get a BMW specialist to fix it than go to a guy that will fix everything. Um, so I don't see those generalists. When we come up against generalists, we, we genuinely normally – win because we're FCA regulated ourselves. We're directly authorised by the FCA ourselves. We've got all that background in it. So it's normally if we come up against them, we've got all those things there. Um, and then there are other financial service specialist agencies as well. Um, but because we because I guess when I'm marketing, I don't do it on search as much. I get in front of people on LinkedIn when they're not looking so yeah. that then they don't look at anyone else. Um, and that is so normally. So in that way, sometimes, yeah, it is competing against what they're already doing. If that kind of makes sense.
0: Yeah. So, how many clients would you typically have on the book at any one time?
1: Uh, well, we're sort of always trying to grow, and then we'll we'll sort of hire people in as we grow. Um, I think we've got sort of fifteen to eighteen at the minute. Um, yeah. I think that's right. Well, I mean, it's great for, for me. Not knowing how many clients I've got off the top of my head is something <laughs> I never thought ever would happen. Um, so that's like feels like a milestone um, for me. So I think I think it's eighteen, which is bonkers. Uh, but yeah. going from a freelancer having one client to uh, having an agency uh, is is bonkers.
0: Yeah, I can't keep numbers in my head, but for a completely different reason. <laughs> <I> just- <laughs> A, a numerical blindness. <laughs> so you've been going since two thousand and thirteen. Going, going by LinkedIn, that may or may not be accurate.
1: Yeah. So I, I suppose that's when the point that I started freelancing. So when I sort of left right. full time employment and was freelancing on my own for, and then the majority of that time, so the limited company, the Lead Engine Limited, was is is less than two years old. It's like a year and a half, maybe. So it was June twenty seventeen and that's when i hired my first two people in that month as well so i guess it's the business technically is young but yeah. i've i was freelancing yeah from 2013
0: it's my former accountant he he uh, when i went to him to talk about employing my first person mm-hmm. he kind of laughed at me and said employing people is a little bit like murder the <laughs> first one's always the hardest <laughs> um, I love that. <laughs> How has employing people been for you? I mean, what what difference did that really make? Oh, huge.
1: Yeah. So I tried everything. I tried outsourcing. Um, and I think it's the way that I communicate that having people externally just doesn't work for me. I like to verbally communicate. I know you could do that over, over video. But then I, I guess... I don't if if i'm having to like type out instructions or whatever i'm like oh, i could have done that by the time i've given the instruction and i love having people around me and my the worst time of that freelancing period was when it was like six months and i was pu- i just spent the whole time in an office at home not speaking to anyone and i miss that sort of camaraderie uh, yeah. and i love having the guys in the office you know um just having really good banter everyone sort of pulling together so that is great and i've been really lucky with the people that i've got who are amazing only one person has left and that was an uh, that was an apprentice um and yeah we've got a really good team so uh it was really scary and i probably left it too late i was working six days a week and i was working late every day cool. just getting the work done not marketing and should have brought them on sooner um so it's been fantastic for me and i i don't want to have external freelancers or anything like that working for us. I want to have a build up a team together. It it is more expensive and, you know, I cover them when they're, when they're off, you know, ill and things like that. Um, So yeah, it's, it's better. It's still, still hard.
0: Okay. I'm going to ask some nuts and bolts questions because I'm really interested to know why you chose financial services as your niche. Um, how did that happen? Um, how did
1: that happen? Um, so I contracted a, a fairly large financial service um, business for quite a while. Um, I worked and then I contracted a couple actually. And I suppose I spent my most budget in financial services. Like I spent a year working for a pensions company and they had 40 grand a month PPC budget. So I learned a lot from that, I suppose. That's terrifying. Yeah, I know. And then, well, what's ter- what is terrifying was they were, the agency they were using were charging six, seven and a half grand a month to manage that. So they were charging a percentage. So I don't know what percentage right. that is. Um, and then their cost per sale for this pension product was like, it cost them 900 quid to get a customer through the door in ads, but they made 1500 quid. So it's profitable. It was fine. Um, but then it's I went.
0: Than, it's less than they pay a broker.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, they are that they are uh, a they are a broker. This company uh, essentially. Okay. Yeah. So they got their commission from the 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 pension company. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so we got that down to four hundred quid, and I was charging no. Yeah, nowhere near. Like probably like I was full time with them for like six months or a year or whatever. And I was charging yeah less than half what they were charging, and was doing you know, more than half the cost per sale, which was ridiculous. So do you learn, you've put that pressure and that, I suppose you don't learn over time with like ads, you learn over budget. So you, in a day you would learn what, what some people learn in a month because you just, there's that amount of money being spent, all those changes. You, you can test things quicker. You just learn so much yeah. from the, those sort of crazy budgets and then Um, i've done loads of stuff in mortgages car finance so i suppose just got really good results in there we know that it's for our our clients they've got margin to spend on ads and us and then it's one of those industries where we if we help them grow all they've got to do is hire another person and a laptop to fulfill that growth for them so it's scalable there's profit in it Customers need thing. Customers need finance. They need insurance. They need pensions. Those things aren't going away. So it just. Uh, and then the the my account my sort of office manager. He was the guy that hired me, in one of those companies right. as a contractor. So his background is six years working at a financial services company. He was like the marketing manager of two brands. That's where a lot of our skills are, and we had our sort of just best performing clients in that area. And then that's, yeah, so it just kind of made sense, really.
0: Yeah. No, I can see that. Mm. Um, yeah. There's, there's a guy I keep coming back to um, called Joe Burnish in one of my other podcasts. Yes, I remember. And yeah. He just fascinates me the way he specialised in floor cleaning companies and built yeah. such an incredible business. It's, it's, I
1: love it. It's brilliant. Um,
0: and you've kind of done something similar, but in a very, very different niche. Mm. Um I guess what I'd like to ask you a little bit, and I don't know how much you want to give away, and <laughs> feel free to be cagey, I don't mind. <laughs> okay. Um, but I want to ask you a little bit about how you manage pricing. Um, okay. What, what what can you tell me about that? Uh,
1: so fixed monthly fees for the, for the management, and then uh, we, we've only sort of got one package, really. It, uh, so I'm struggling with it at the minute, because I suppose at one point, well I've I've stopped struggling I guess at one point I was like you're either all in or you're all out and there's one package and we'll do everything if we can't if we can't create your website we can't give you the value if you want to keep your so there are some clients where they just spent 15 grand on a new website it looks pretty but it was awful in terms of lead gen yeah I I can't help you because you don't want to change your website because you spent so much money on it if that makes sense, yeah, um, so we were just like oh, we can't really really work with you we we need to do everything. and then I suppose I've got got over that little bit because we've got some really good funnels now with like landing pages and ads, and in fact, most of our traffic now goes to landing pages, and then the learnings we get from the landing pages then uh, update to the website, and the website do uh, converts the organic traffic essentially, yeah. Um, but now, after kind of seeing Greg Hickman uh, at that conference that we met at, um, we're looking at creating some products because there are a lot of self-employed brokers. Yeah, I tried doing a subscription online training, and that's fine. It it is getting new subscribers, but it's not. It, it was because
0: it's not set we, the world. On yeah, fire.
1: no, no, absolutely. We're making we're making like a few hundred quid a month off it, so it's it it. it it, it's it's nothing really, yeah, to shout home about. But what I'm thinking now is to be able to service those self-employed bro because they're still spending like a couple of grand on a website. We're just not doing it for them because they can't afford our retainer fee. So yeah. we're looking at products for them. So whether they can buy a funnel, whether they can buy a chat bot that's like a so uh, like a remortgage chat bot, you could buy that as a product, or you could buy a mortgage calculator that you can put on your website. You can buy just a website on its own and we'll we'll leave you to it stuff that we've never done before um it was always you're either on retainer or you're not so now we're looking at productizing um there so and then we just charge everyone everyone the same so it's just a fixed monthly um fee so some of our grandfather clients were paying less you know our prices having increased because we have got better we get better every week so it's right for us to, to increase those. Um, but, yeah, it's just, it's hard, isn't it? It, it? It's a hard one to, to – to, to you always undervalue yourself, I think.
0: I think everybody does. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was going to ask, and you've kind of answered that, uh, I was going to ask a question about revenue streams.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: From the sounds of it, you, historically, you have one main revenue stream. Yeah. Um, and you're now looking at broadening that out mm-hmm. to a few others. Yeah. Um I'm gonna come back to the website question because that was a question I had. Mm-hmm. Um if you're trying to generate leads you need traffic mm-hmm. and conversion. Yeah. And if you have a garbage website, it's really difficult to achieve any conversion. And you can you can sort of bypass that with landing pages like you described. Yeah. But I was gonna ask you how you deal with uh, brokers that have terrible websites
1: <laughs> yeah just build them a new one yeah. um yeah so um because it's like you get a free website is we're not going to charge you any more for it there's no bolt-on fee we either spend the first month sorting out your website or we can spend the first month sending traffic to your rubbish one yeah and norm- <laughs> so normally when you when it's not i oh, i've got to spend another five grand or whatever it is for a website it's you know just it's just that first month um, and then they, it, that feels like really good value to them. Uh, and then, uh, so yeah, normally we don't really have that issue. Um, and then because with the SEO stuff, we're normally creating new pages for that, and then we can kind of mold that journey on that page. And, you know, essentially it's only the header and the footer that's static. Those new pages that we're creating for SEO, our, we've kind of designed the layout for them anyway. So, it's not really becoming too much of a problem. Only the ones that have just spent a fortune on a new one and it is rubbish, and then yeah. and then it's like, look, we can do ads only to landing pages. Um, so yeah, it's it is difficult.
0: No, I think I think that's the right approach because you can, and I know this from my own experience. You can do the best digital marketing in the world, but if the website can't oh, yeah. convert, or if it's actively putting people off,
1: yeah, um, no, you'll
0: really struggle to deliver the value that absolutely. You're, you're overtly offering.
1: Yeah, and and literally, we've had campaigns, split tests. One word can make a massive difference on the page. Mm. The just you know the headlines, the text, the content. All these things can make a huge, huge difference because we are um, going back to the psychology thing. It's it is more. Sometimes I say it's fifty percent technology, fifty percent psychology. It's probably more psychology. You can have a garbage-looking designed website but really powerful messaging and get more leads than the other way around if that makes sense
0: yeah
1: but I mean, if you get them both right then you're obviously on onto a winner um, but yeah we we say yeah a lot of clients i guess assume that they just need traffic yeah um, when and then when you dig into analytics and it's converting at 0.03% <laughs> but at least you have that data to explain that and i think if you explain that without jargon then you get away with it because all they they want that outcome and if you can show them that you're not trying to give them a new website to make more money for yourself, you're actually trying to do it to help them and you can explain that, then you can get over it. And it's, that's the what I suppose what I love about doing lead gen and digital marketing is having everything based on fact in yeah. terms of of results.
0: One thing that's jumping out at me because I've, I've kind of, I have a very, very sensitive conscience sometimes and one thing that has burdened me from time to time is when I have clients that are in the same space. So you have two, two businesses that are, are effectively competing against each other and you're trying to do very similar services for both of them in order to try and effectively give one of them a competitive advantage. Yeah. So you're just doing digital marketing for financial services companies. Mm-hmm. So in, in, res- in, in many respects, your entire client base are competing with each other so how do you handle that? What's, what's the philosophy there? Yeah, so um, we, don't,
1: we are open and honest with, with all of them and we let them know who we've got in what space. Um, and then we don't go into any other detail than that and just say that you wouldn't want me sharing how much you spend or the results you're getting with anyone else. So, yeah. uh, and a lot of times, obviously, we have an NDA.
0: So do you name names in terms of the clients you're working with to your other clients
1: um, if they are well no not so yeah. we say we have got another uh, we've got another life insurance company and their niche is this so we're already working in that space uh, but we will tell our existing client so one story actually that i got I got burnt with this by being too honest so we had a, um, a life insurance Company. It was uh, life insurance that's specifically for business owners, and it was a a policy called Relevant Life. Um, So, this is great actually for if you are a business owner, you can get your life insurance through your business. Your business can pay for that as a business expense. That's a relevant life insurance policy why is my accountant not telling me this well because they don't know and they're yeah don't <laughs> don't get advice your accountant yeah that's a whole nother thing but don't speak to your accountant about i, ha-
0: I have an IFA. yeah let's um, move
1: on. yeah so there's that that specific niche so we had a client who we're working he has another life insurance niche and then this particular relevant life we i think his competitor saw our link in the footer of his website and rang us up and said Correct. oh uh, cause we would do, we were like position one for like uh, business owner, life insurance and things like that. And then I said, look, I'm, I'm sorry, we're working with someone in that space at the minute. I will have to speak to him. I spoke to our existing client and he said, like, I'm not comfortable with that. And then we went back to the other guy. So <laughs> there's two, two kind of lessons we learned. We went back to the other guy and said, look, we can't do it. And he, and the guy was like, look, I'll pay you double what the other guy's paying <laughs> you. And I said, look, I, I can't, we've, we've had this guy for ages, you know, um, you might pay me double, but then you might just want to get a new website and then sack us off after a month or whatever, and then I've lost two. In the end, so we didn't work with the new guy, but about three, four months later, this particular policy changed and the client dumped us for that website. So we lost that retainer of the existing website. He just dropped us, not caring at all, So, but no for into it you know i put a lot of thought into it. i had a real struggle with it because they were i i just felt really uncomfortable doing that and i've got a business mentor and he just said look if you're not comfortable saying it to your client's face then don't do it so we didn't yeah. do it um but we got we got burnt from it um so w- we have changed our sort of policy from that and we say in our proposal um you don't have a um exclusivity we'll be open and honest with you when we get um offers from other businesses uh and we will just tell you what we're doing but we don't we don't have any competition we have a lot of mortgage brokers that's probably the biggest sex we're in but the audience is so so big that they're not competing against each other um in that because there's so many niches and yeah, the, it, the audience is just so big, especially with like Facebook ads that it's not, they're not getting their ads in front of the same people. Cause it's just, you think how many homes there are in the UK, how many remortgages yeah. there are, it's just not an issue. If someone wanted to pay for exclusivity, it would be a lot, lot more to do that. Yeah. Um, no, that,
0: that all makes perfect sense. I guess the last question I want to ask you is one that I'm always fascinated by the answer. It's really looking at your own sales process. What I find in in most small agencies is that although the businesses are digital marketing businesses, a lot of their own inbound work tends to come through word of mouth. Mm -hmm. How does that work for you?
1: Um, So we don't get any word of mouth (laughs) because I guess they don't want us working. You know, they want to they want to keep us and not get us working with other. If I guess if we were if they had a mate who had a garage or whatever. Then they'd quite be happy, it, but it's they know we're specialists that we do, so we don't we don't get referrals, we don't yeah. ask for them. All of our business comes through lead gen. You know, um, we've kind of reined it in a little bit for this last end of this year, but essentially LinkedIn ads with remarketing on every platform. Ninety-five percent of the business we get is from the remarketing.
0: That's quite courageous going into LinkedIn ads because not many people do. Uh, I think they look at the the sort of top-line cost and Mm -hmm. freak out and walk away.
1: Yeah, so do you want my my top tip for LinkedIn advertising?
0: I I totally do.
1: (laughs) Okay, yeah, so don't do what LinkedIn recommends. In fact, actually, (laughs) with every advertising platform, do not do what the advertising platform recommends you do. So what I love, so yeah, so LinkedIn recommends maybe like £5 a click. Is that kind of what you're seeing um, on pretty much everything? So we're getting like... 30p a click on some stuff um some life insurance stuff we're doing at the minute one pound 36 i think the guys were saying this morning so it is rather than bidding on the per click is do um bid per thousand impressions so bid like it will recommend you bid like 20 quid circa 20 quid for a thousand impressions and you and then that puts the pressure on you to have like really good ads and then the more clicks you obviously get in that thousand, the cheaper your clicks, cheaper your leads, uh, et cetera.
0: Yeah. No, that's a really
1: good So, tip. yeah, but if you've got rubbish ads, then it's going to cost, <laughs> you could spend 20 <laughs> quid and then not get anything. So, and, and
0: that. And just as importantly, if the website or landing page is doing absolutely, in, absolutely. For nothing.
1: So, you've got, so I think that's what, like having that pressure of, you know, that cost per click is a, is a safety net. You know, I'm going to get it anyway. So, but when it's like cost per thousand impressions, and we do, you know, bid the same way on Facebook as well, because we, we, we know we're better than average. So we know we can get cheaper than um, the, the standard cost per click because they work that out on the average cost per thousand, you know, average click per thousand. Anyway, that's how they calculate it. Um, right. So, yeah, always, well, always bid on impressions apart from on Google search um, because you can't really do much with the, you know, with, with the restrictions you have on the on the ads to get your getting your quality scores high. You want to have that keyword in the headline anyway. So, um, uh, yeah, literally also social media advertising cost per thousand impressions um, bidding, really really good ad. Test multiple ads so you get the best one. Um,
0: yeah, that's my my top tip. I guess the last thing I want to ask you is kind of the obvious question lead engine you said as a, as a limited company you're a couple of years old mm-hmm. where do you want to go with it what's what's the what's the big goal <laughs> the
1: big goal i'll sound like a right idiot uh <laughs> so i suppose before before we niched down it was to be the best lead generation agency in the world uh and now it is to be the best financial services agency in the world um so we you know we've um yeah, set set the bar high. We just want to. Con- I want to continue growing, um, and then yeah, just want to sort of build and uh, so the growth is is what excites me. I think the um, we're moving to a new
0: office uh, in January. We're in. You should uh, tell people where your office is right now.
1: So our yeah our office is inside Peterborough United Football Stadium. Uh, there's a business centre built onto the back of the stadium uh it's it 's funny because you drive into Peter United football club and the stadium is really old and it 's a bit like oh this is rubbish and you go to the back and there's this is really modern glass fronted business center that 's only two years old it's it, it's stunning so it 's like breaks my heart to leave because it, it's beautiful and you 've got like a spiral not like a spiral staircase but a staircase going through the middle and like these mezzanines with all these funky sofas it, it, it is gorgeous and we are leaving it um but we're we're essentially in a cupboard we 're in a we're in, a, we're in a, a three person office that i've got six of us in i've built my own desks out of we've got our built like scaffold board desks and we've right. got like an island so we kind of all fit around but there's not much more room and then we've we're moving to a new business center um That I, my business mentor, a friend of his, someone he's doing work with has bought that and it's, um, it's like at the old RNIB head office in Peterborough. Right. It's huge, huge, huge. And they're just renovating at the moment. We've got a really good deal on it. Um, it's about five or six times the size. Um, we've got two separate spaces and like nice glass partition. We've got so our own sort of meeting room area. Um, and then just the work area is, is much bigger than, than where we're in, so that's you know filling filling that up and getting more, just getting more clients in, mm. building the team up. Um, yeah, just to keep to keep going, really. Um, to uh, I suppose I want to sack myself a bit. <laughs> um, I'm still still hands on. Um, I want to be doing the sales side of things, but have a lot of that automated, just having that freedom. You know, we were at that conference and Chris Ducker says, you know, I haven't worked a Friday in four years. And you're like, wow, you know, how is that possible? Um, So from going, working from six days a week, late every night to be able to, you know, I've got a little girl now to spend like Fridays with her. That would be incredible because I'm doing it for her but I'm yeah. not spending much time with her. Um, so I guess, yeah, it's having financial freedom and time freedom, I think, is, is where I want to be. And I just enjoy – it's exciting getting a new client on because it's just, even if we've done it before, it's a challenge. Um, and then I suppose I'm a salesman but who's afraid of getting on the phone. So the digital marketing side, <laughs> you know, they, the the buzz of getting results – is what really drives me. And then seeing other companies grow as well. So having worked with people and you know, seeing their company grow, it's, just, it's really satisfying and enjoying, enjoying that.
0: I guess, Alex, we should start wrapping up now. So if people want to connect with you, how would you like them to do that?
1: Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm on LinkedIn, um, Alex Curtis on there. I suppose my social media platform of choice is probably Instagram. Um, which I don't actually know my uh, my uh, thingy. I think it's because there's, there's like a million Alex Curtises in the world. So, I'll
0: tell you what, as I have the magic of being able to edit things, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to quickly find your Instagram.
1: Yeah, I've got it here actually. So, okay. uh, so I've tried to be clever and I've <laughs> my so it's uh, inst i n s t dot a Curtis. So like Insta A Curtis. Um, yeah, so I suppose that's where my social media platform of choice. But, yeah, if, you, if anyone wants to chat about anything, find me on LinkedIn. Um, and then also we do, like, um, a, a live stream every Wednesday where we talk about ads. We screenshot the ads that have been in our social media feed that week, and then we just discuss what we like about them, what we don't. And we get guests on all the time. And, and Bob, you're going to be a guest, aren't you? Are you on next
0: week? I I actually, when I woke up this morning, I thought that's what we were doing today.
1: (laughs) Brilliant. You are (laughs) on, I can't remember what date you're on, but you're obviously going to be on there. So we'll we'll, um, throw the link out, obviously, for when you are on. And then we just learn a lot about how people react to ads um, from that. And it's like that feedback that you you can't get as an advertiser, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, it's fascinating. Just the, some of the guys in the office, like well, our web developer once said, I didn't click on this ad because I didn't know who the brand was. And I was gobsmacked. And I was like the amount of disposable brands that I've helped people create in, in the kind of 15 odd years. And the net, never once crossed my mind that people would not click on an ad just because they didn't know the brand." So, learning things like that from people and uh, just how they react to things. It's just invaluable and obviously use that information to to make better ads. So hopefully if you if you do ads uh, as part of your business, you, you can obviously learn some of the stuff that we pick out as well. Uh, yeah. from
0: them. Yeah. I've I've never met another person that screenshots ads. <laughs> I
1: may. I i I do it all the time. I'm fascinated by them. Um I just you just get so many good ideas that even if it's you don't want to obviously copy what, what people have done, but it's just Kind of, I suppose the, the whiteboard thing we talked about earlier, I'm sure I must have seen someone else. I don't think that was an original idea. The message on it was unique, obviously, but this idea of this whiteboard, because uh, it was a video and on uh, like social media, like Facebook, there's when you have the videos that 90% of the time there's no sound. Um, yeah. So it's like, how can I get that a message across with no sound? It's like, well, writing it down. Uh, so that was sparked by seeing another ad.
0: And if by some miracle somebody from financial services is listening and they want to hire you right now, what's your website address?
1: Uh, theleadengine.co.uk
0: Alex, thanks so much for making the time to speak to me. And I'm sure my listener has enjoyed listening as much as I have <laughs> speaking to you.
1: Am I that? Am I that listener? It's, it, <laughs> I love it. So I'm, uh, you know, yeah, thank you so much. And do you know what? It was the first time I've probably ever had imposter syndrome. I always <laughs> feel like really confident, but listening to the, the people you've had on before, um, yeah, made me feel a little bit anxious. I've never, ever, uh, ever had that before. So,
0: um, yeah, I'm really, um,
1: yeah, delighted to be, be part of it.
0: Well, I've had a great time, so thanks very much. Um, and let's do it again sometime. Definitely. If you're a regular podcast listener, and I know there are quite a few of you now, then who do you want to hear from on the show in 2019? And what do you want me to ask them? I'd love your ideas. So let me know in the Facebook group or message me on any of my social channels. If you could take just one second to review the show on iTunes. Some of you have done this recently and iTunes have already responded by racking the show and sending me some listeners. So thanks so much for that. I read all the reviews and they mean so much. Before you go... Take a second to subscribe through your podcast player so you don't miss the next episode. My name's Bob Gentle. Thanks again to Alex for making the time. Don't forget to check out Lead Engine and thanks to you for listening and see you next time.